Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tell them like it is, girls. Who's the damnedest man you ever met your entire life? Put that camera on that side one time. Put it up one time. Slick Rick. Woo! And I want the whole world to know. I got my Learjet sitting right out there at Peach City Cab. And in just about 20 minutes, I'm on ease down the steps. Ted Turner by my side, getting my limousine, ride on 85, getting my Learjet, woo, and take off to New Orleans. You got it, New Orleans. If you're watching right now, I'm 42,000 feet easing on in. Because in several hours, woo, I'm gonna walk that aisle. Look at his only the nature boy can look. Oh, so fine. I'm not even gonna tell you, it's gonna be JD on my left and Mary on my right. But I'm not telling any of you. Which one of my robes I'm wearing till I get there tonight? The bottom line is, big dust. If you got the butterflies, don't feel bad. You gotta wrestle the world's champion. And in New Orleans, tonight, the joint's gonna be packed. And I don't do no job in front of 70,000 people. I walk down that aisle and I take care of it. Who is only Slick Rick? And then, one more public announcement after I beat up Dusty Rhodes. I'm going to ease across the street to the High Regency and drinks all the champagne 
Anything you want is on the world check. Salutations, Mets fans, and welcome to episode 151 of Amazing Avenue Audio, the official podcast of your SB Nation New York Mets site, Amazing Avenue. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and with me for our NLCS Game 4 recap is Steve Sippa and Greg Karam. Gentlemen, the New York Mets are National League champions. Yeah, lighten up a little, man. Come on. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Jeez. I, well, I've already like burned the like cutting off the intro to like swear profusely twice in the playoffs, mm. so I don't. I don't have anything left. I'm just I'm still kind of in shock a little bit. I think that's fair. I think that is also like it settled in so long ago that like this is probably what was going to happen. But it's still, it's it's a thrill. The game was still terrifying from start to finish. Oh. <laughs> Uh, it looks like it was like the most comfortable win they've had outside of the uh, Dodgers winning game three, basically. It was certainly the most comfortable one of the NLCS. Yeah. It just still felt like doom the entire time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. After they got out to a 6 nothing lead. Comfortable from a score perspective, but every inning by inning, you're just sitting there biting your nails. And look, I don't want to do... Not much analysis because it's it's just and just Daniel Murphy hit another home run. I mean, it's at this point it's just ludicrous. Duh. Um, and we'll have a full World, World Series preview early next week because the Mets are in the World Series, and that's the thing we have to do now. Um, but just so like good, you guys, some general thoughts. <sighs> that was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mean to like. It was just like that was the easiest series that you could possibly ask for going into the World Series. They led every inning of every game. I think we sweated it out. Like, actually, was fearful for like thirty minutes, maybe. Yeah, no, essentially it's... only when Tyler Clifford was in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is a good baseball team. It is. It's just hard to believe. It's hard to believe from where they came from over the past several years, and then even when they where they were earlier this year, that they're that they're able. By to... earlier this year, you mean three months ago? Yeah, yeah it's exactly <laughs> what I mean. I mean, and, but but you know, once they got all those pieces together, and the guys came back healthy, and the pitchers did not get hurt. I mean, there's really no reason that this team couldn't go to the World Series. They have. A great lineup, and they have spectacular pitching. It's a good team. I'm, I'm still like dumbfounded over here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great though. I get a couple days off now. You know, a little, a little sleep. 
And yeah, I will say, no. it, it, as relaxing as it was for us, it was clearly not. It was clearly not. We were clearly much more tense than Yohannes Suspedes, who went golfing this morning and had his pennant shirt on in like the eighth inning in the dugout. <laughs> Just how he rolls. It might be a thing. It's too, uh, a thing. It's too much chill. Yoannis certainly has it. Is he going to be okay? Sounds like it. He said, uh, which brings us to our opening question, which I'm now going to do four minutes into the show. Suspeta um, said in the post game, he will play in the World Series, and he has to chop off his shoulder and put on a new shoulder. So if you could uh, <laughs> cut off any Met's body part and put it on another Met, what would you choose? Oh well, I, I well I guess I'm gonna give like who's the worst player on the Mets? Like there are no worst players on the Mets. Matt Reynolds. Look, how about this? I'll take Matt Reynolds' spine and I'll give it to David Wright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll just he'll just slink around on the ground. He'll probably of his life. kill Matt Reynolds in the process. <laughs> <laughs> well, sacrifices must be made. Yeah, for the greater good. <laughs> Steve, do you think a little bit less morbid? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Eric Eric Young Jr.'s legs and stick them on Bartolo Colon. Hmm. So we can really <laughs> see him leg out those doubles. <laughs> I'd picture like, uh, like Babe Ruth, kind of giant, thick body, skinny little pigeon legs. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh... Jacob DeGrom's hair. He's been talking about cutting it. And I'm going to put it on Bartolo Colon. <laughs> Give Bartolo some flow. Can we say, like, I didn't realize this. I just assumed Colon was on the 97 World Series Indians team, but he didn't make the World Series roster, so this is the first time he's ever played in the World Series. That's somewhat surprising. Good for Bartolo, too. I'm happy for David. I'm happy for Bartolo. I'm just very happy. I will say that the the closest I was moved uh, to become emotional was when they showed David Wright reacting to you know the final out and yeah. just seeing the the joy on his face after all that he's been through over the years. I know we don't like. I don't know David Wright personally. He seems like a good guy, but you never know these things. All you can really do is is root for laundry, but I mean, I feel like we're almost exactly the same age. We both grew up Mets fans. So it's kind of difficult not to feel some sort of, you know, some sort of kinship, some sort of empathy there. And like I said on the pod a couple days ago, it's not that I think any team or any fan base deserves to win a World Series. You know, baseball, rooting for a team should be its own reward no matter what. That's the beauty of the sport. It's like a day-in and day-out thing, and you get these kind of connections. And that's that's the, you know, whatever. It's, you know, the journey is the more important than the destination, so to speak, if you really want to reach back for a cliche. But I just, I really want this team to win it all. I just, it's... It's almost too perfect. It's a, a little too perfect. The setup is so good. There's still like some holdovers from the previous, like you know, the bridge years, and you know, with Murphy, and and the fact the fact that he is the guy who's you know, carrying this team is just it, there's something supremely satisfying 
about it. And I know that none of us have been like huge Murph fans over the years. Like, you're just like, hey, Murph, you know, yeah, he's a good player. But like, it's just the fact that he's uh, such a long tenured Met and he's he's do- getting it done. It really just it's it's satisfying. He's probably the second longest tenured Met, isn't he? I don't know if he or Nice came up first. It's close. Mm. Um, so the thing about the Murph thing, like the the one problem with it, and it's not really a problem because there's no problem with it. Like he was just having a really great series, like a standard NLCS MVP winning type series. It'd be oh, yeah, that's really cool. This is so bizarre at this point now that it almost there's like a level of uh, detachment from it I have as a viewer. Yeah, exactly. Where I just sort of sit there like just stone faced, like what, what what is going on? Because <laughs> he 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 blew past like disbelief like three or four games ago, and so each one on top of the next one has just left my it just left me numb. And the one tonight was just. So ridiculous! It was just it was. I just started laughing because <laughs> what else can you do? I mean, right? I mean, I wasn't even surprised. I just started laughing. It's... I did enjoy the Lucas Duda breakout tonight, though. That is oh, going yeah. to be important. He broke out with a big dong. We were all waiting for it. Yeah, and a couple other hits. Yeah, two doubles in addition to the home run. Yeah. Yeah. Him getting hot, again, going to be important. And again, you know, the quality of pitching the last couple of games has not been as good as you know the three best pitchers in the National League that the Mets have seen five times so far in the playoffs. But you know, the teams they're going to face in the World Series aren't bringing out just I mean, outside David Price aren't really bringing that level of pitching to the table. And the Mets are going to have enough time off. I mean, I think there's enough time between series. I don't know. When does it start? Tuesday? Yeah. I mean, I guess... Uh, yes, Tuesday. So, depending on when it ends, I mean, both teams will probably have a chance to line up their rotations, but the Mets sure. will get that extra rest, and they'll, they'll be ready to go uh, when the series starts. Yeah, it's essentially a skip start for all... Start, another skip start for all the kids. It's good. Amelia is very happy for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, he's showing no ill effects. Has he given up, what, one hit so far in the playoffs? Two hits? I, I Well, I guess, yeah, remember. it would be one hit if he could cover first base. Yeah, so that yeah. one hit is questionable. So I think let's... it's two hits he's given up in the playoffs. Now, you may say, Jeffrey, that's completely unsustainable, and I would say you are probably correct. But he really hasn't... If you look at the contact he's giving up, it's all soft stuff on the infield for the most part. Yeah, it's unsustainable in the long run, but we're, we don't need to worry yeah, we need, about We the need long four run. more games. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> worry about regression to the mean in 2016. Yeah, yeah. Sustainability. I, Murph, Murph, Murph's not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. We reached, we reached, we went beyond that a few games ago. Ay, ay, ay. It really is just something else. Uh, I mean, the last time they were in the World Series, I don't know. I was, what, 15, 16 years old? Probably not appreciating it as much as I am now. <laughs> it's 2000, and I was 
12. I was 18. Oh, nice. I didn't even watch a ton of it. It was my first semester of college. And I was a mess. <laughs> Essentially. I vaguely remember watching the... I, I do have a distinct memory of watching Timo Perez get thrown out at the plate. Everybody does. And yes. Yeah, kind of thing. This is one of those, you know... There's certain plays as Mets fans that just get seared into your retinas. That's one of them. The Beltran called third strike. The uh, Kenny Bleepin' Rogers walking in the winning run. Mm. <sighs> Hopefully we get a good one yeah. seared into our memory. <laughs> I already have a lot of good ones from this postseason. All right, so what's your, ide- in general. What's your ideal way for the Mets to win the World Series. David Wright walk off home run. You want David Wright mm. D-dub? There's just, there's just no other way that I could enjoy it more. It's my favorite player. Steve? Uh, I'll just take anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, I'm going with... Uh... My man, main man, Wilmer Flores. Since we were, since we were denied in this series, uh, walk off inside the park home run. Mm. <laughs> it's gonna be good. I will say I do have one other quibble. I'm not a huge fan of the whole like the pennant is rising T-shirt thing. No, just New York Mets National League champions. Put a pennant on the T-shirt. This isn't that hard. Like, who are the marketing people that are coming up with... Uh... Right, like, I'm not going to buy that t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to buy that t-shirt at Models tomorrow at 9 a.m. <laughs> on my way into work, but... It's besides the point. In principle... Uh, Duda also just broke out with the greatest post-game quote of all time. I noticed he was a little punchy in the... Uh, like, very animated in the post-game with... Wayne on WOR that I was listening to. But then uh, Puma in the postgame asked him how he kept his confidence. His response was, I just try not to read what you write, Mike. <laughs> uh, he's got he's, and, uh, he's got a personality in there. Okay, well, there is. So the pennant will rise. I don't have to get that. I will be getting the National League Champions pennant to go to the Eastern Division. There's a black hoodie that just says National League Champions on it. And God knows I need another hoodie, so. Definite Models run. I think you're going to have to get that. Yeah. I'm going to get the Pennant Will Rise t-shirt, too, probably. Because I'm way under budget so far for the amount of money I said I would spend on theoretical. I think I'm going to save it for trying to get a World Series ticket. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's not going to... It's going to be very expensive to get in the door there. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> so who would you rather... Because we're going to do a World Series preview once we know who's actually in the World Series. Uh, who would you rather face? Hmm. I, I, I got to be honest. I'm not really too scared of either team. But... And that's only because I, I'm not afraid of their pitching, and I really have a good confidence in our own pitching. So, but I got to say, the Blue Jays lineup does terrify me. So probably the Royals. Yeah, I think I'm the exact opposite. 
<laughs> I'm not. I mean, I respect the Blue Jays lineup. They certainly uh, have the ability to put up lopsided numbers quickly, but I feel like their lineup, almost from top to bottom, would really be susceptible to our pitching. Whereas Kansas City, I don't know. They just have, as we were talking about the other day, you know that backwoods can't, you know that that backwoods voodoo about them. <laughs> so I think. It seems to me, at least on his face, that Kansas City is a tougher matchup for this team because they put a lot of balls in play. Yeah, Mets defense isn't great, although it's acquitted itself well so far in the playoffs. Um, and if they get a lead into like the sixth or the seventh, the game is over. But I think you can pitch that lineup, and that starting pitching doesn't really concern me. But with that all said, I want the Blue Jays. I want R.A. Dickey to get into the World Series. Hell yeah. I can support that. I like the Jays. They're my AL team. It'll be a fun matchup. Just the Royals, I don't know. Eh. I think the Royals probably win the series. It'll be really tough to go into Kansas City and win two straight. Even though I think uh, Kansas City, uh, Toronto probably has the better pitcher going in both those games. Now that somehow John Gambit's managed to avoid bringing in David Price in Game Five when it, with a five-run lead, like it sure looks like he was going to. No That's idea what's thing. going on there. He seems like a good matchup as a manager to go against. Yeah. All right, we have emails just like pouring in at this point, so we should probably switch over to. Oh, that's where the buzzing on my phone is. <laughs> that section of the podcast. And before we do that, we of course do housekeeping's Amazing Avenue Audio, episode 151. Amazing Avenue Audio is the official podcast of your SB Nation New York Mets site, Amazing Avenue. Find us on the internet at amazingavenue.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Amazing Avenue. You can find the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Amazing Avenue Audio and you can listen or subscribe right there. I encourage you to do both. I also encourage you to rate and review the podcast. You can find the podcast on the Stitcher app. Download directly from blogtalkradio.com slash Avenue, Or listen to the embedded player that goes up in the podcast post at Amazing Avenue proper. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. My co-hosts for the NLCS Game 4 Recap Edition, a.k.a. Holy fuck, the Mets are in the World Series edition. <laughs> Our Steve Sippa and Greg Karam. You can find them on Twitter, Twitter at Steve Sippa and at Greg Karam. That was the housekeeping. These are your emails. You can email the podcast at podcast at amazingavenueaudio.com. Our first email is from the non-pseudonymous Max Tolkoff. By the time you're reading this, you already know how game four has gone. It went well, Max. But I'll ask the question anyway. Is there any concern about the Mets clinching too soon, having five off days, and having their players not be sharp for the World Series? Of course, they should take the wins when they get them, but is this an issue? On the other hand, with a loss in Arietta and Lester coming up, could a loss be the beginning of a reverse sweep? After all, it wouldn't be the first time a baseball team reverse swept a New York team in a long World Series drought. Either way, I'm just trying to fuel the flames of hashtag Panic City. And as a human being, I don't deal with uncertainty well. Sleep tight. So I did see this, like, 
I mean, I guess it's just because every time a team is down 3-0 from now on, especially in a, in a championship series, you'll just see, like, all the Red Sox quotes come out. Because it's the only reference point. No one references a team that, you know, go up 3-0 and then win the series. Which happens in the vast majority of the time. And also the Red Sox were throwing Derek Lowe twice and Pedro and Kurt Schilling. You know, two of whom are probably Hall of Fame pitchers and one of whom was a very, very good pitcher for his career. And the Cubs were not going to be throwing that, as we saw when Jason Hamill came into the game <laughs> tonight. Um, so I was never really concerned about that. And as I already said, not concerned about the time off. I think the team needs it. Yeah, no, not concerned about that. I think it's going to be a good thing, especially now. You know, you also got Cespedes got a little shoulder thing. Hopefully, he can stay off the links. You know, help get recovered and be ready to go. Yeah, I'm not worried. We got this. Good lord, give Familia a break. <laughs> Next email is from Lewis. <laughs> Thought you guys would thoroughly enjoy this, given all that's happened the last two weeks. They're not sure how well it plays over audio. It's a picture. It doesn't play well yeah. at all. Uh, <laughs> love the podcast. Appreciate the hard work. Let's go, Mets. I'll describe this as best I can. Um, so it's like a steakhouse ad with the owner being pictured with a bunch of famous people. Famous in quotes. Chris Jericho, actor Anthony Anderson, uh, Nathan Fillion, and Neil Patrick Harris, and Wilmer Flores. Wilmer Flores is very well dressed, I will say, in this uh, this picture. Flores does love eating large meals. At least that was an issue in the minors for a while, as it is for many players. Romer Flores should go get himself a steak. He's well, earned you did, it. You did notice what was wrong with that picture, didn't you? No. No? Look at the picture was, again. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> on, i got to figure out a way to zoom in. It's what I get for... Uh, mm. I can't zoom on my, on my, uh, I think the, the, the picture is, uh, it's not Wilmer Flores. It's Ruben Tejada. Correct. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. yep. <laughs> that makes it even better. I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, you're right. Why does it see it from a distance? Yeah, it's in black and white. But you're right. That is Ruben Tejada, who, as we know, also likes his street meat. So, <laughs> Next email is from Tom, was just a subject line. Woo! Gents, at what point did you first think the Mets could legitimately win the 2015 pennant? Tom, about 45 minutes ago. <laughs> For me, it was a series in Washington in early September. They buried the Nats, and with this pitching, you knew they were going to be a very tough out in October. On another note, if anyone is looking for something to kill a little time before game one of the series, I recommend re-listening to the first 35 minutes or so of... Amazing Avenue Audio, episode 131, a great summary of the crazy deadline week. It gives you a nice reminder of how bad things looked, how quickly it changed. Love the Mets, hashtag love the Mets. All right, Greg Karam, when did you first come to believe? Um, be, I, oh, well, <laughs> I could probably just say like an hour ago, but I, I mean... That would be the accurate that, answer. Yeah. But, like, I mean, when I thought that they were, 
became a legitimate like playoff team contender was when they made the the Uribe and Kelly Johnson trades. And even before the Cespedes trade, I thought that that just lengthened the lineup and, and gave them an opportunity to probably win the, the NL East. Um, but I mean, I really realistically, I didn't believe it until they were up 2-0 in this uh, NLCS. That's when I that's when the flip switched, and I was like, oh shit, this season's going to either end in despair or glory. Steve Sipper. Yeah, uh, the the 2-0 lead really is when I thought like, wow, we we not only do we have a chance, but I think this is actually going to happen. It was just you know knowing that we got through their their best pitchers, and we won both games, and we were going to be throwing out you know Harvey game three, and you know Mats for game four. It just it just felt like something good was going to happen, and it did. I mean, DeGrom, not Harvey, excuse me. Yeah, I think the 2-0 is a good spot for it. And I came on the show afterwards and said, it's like, this is this is happening now. Um, but I will say, after they beat the Dodgers, you know, and got through Kershaw and Greinke, the Cubs didn't look as threatening. I overestimated the Cubs. I, I underestimated I mean, look, this... The they pitching get, advantage they, was huge. They get one more starter. They're going to be very difficult out. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. going into the series, I I totally overestimated their starting pitching. Yeah, I mean, past Lester and Arietta. Like, they're, they're another team that if you caught them in a five-game series... Right. Right. But you got to be set up. When the stretch is be... the seven, the Mets... Have to just... Once you go three deep instead of two deep, like the Mets do in a seven-game series, it does kind of change the dynamics. Yeah, and you know what? You you could say that they were better set up for a 162-game season or whatever, but the point is, you got to win a couple of seven-game series if you want to go all the way, and the Mets were better set up to do that. Yep. Our final email is from Liam. Dear fellow Mets fans, in jubilation. Holy shit, the Mets are in the World Series. How crazy is this? I just ran a lap around my block in college campus in Philly with a giant Mets flag yelling, let's go Mets. <laughs> you are a braver man than I. Nice. nice. Does this mean Daniel Murphy is now a folk hero? Um, there's no now about it. That was several days ago. <laughs> also, does this make up for all the Daniel Murphy questions this preseason? I mean, no, I still had to answer them. Also, I hate to wonder if losing Murphy and potentially Cespedes hurts the Mets for next year. Eh, screw it. The Mets are in the World Series. Everyone get drunk. Thanks for providing entertaining commentary to the past years. Liam, P.S. Insert Ric Flair. Woo! I can't do it. My voice is like shot. Um, yeah, I don't think there was a question in there. There are a couple questions in there, I guess. How crazy is this? Pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, Murph was a folk hero after the the DS, and then he homered in four straight games in the NLCS. I mean, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So it, and again, to go back to Murph one more time, because why not? It's so... There were... If you told me a guy went off and he, like, broke... Carlos Beltran's consecutive home run game, uh, consecutive playoff games with a home run record. Set the Mets 
postseason home run record. I'm trying to think where Murph would fall on my list of, <laughs> of guesses. So I mean, yeah, sure, you'll get you'd guess Duda, you guess Darno, Cespedes, of course, are are the obvious ones. Granderson, even certainly. Um, right? Why not? Yeah, he hits home runs occasionally. I mean, Conforto, the issue is you only know he's playing against righties. Yeah, I might even have guessed Wilmer Flores. I was thinking of Flores is where it gets a little... <laughs> but he's, he's got, like, pull power. And, you know, he's seeing a lot of lefties. That he hits for a lot of power. <laughs> if it's Dick High, let it fly. Yeah. <laughs> Juan Ligaris? I mean, <laughs> everyone says, like, Juan Ligaris puts on shows in batting practice. But no, it was Daniel Murphy. I think he ended up hitting five hundred over five hundred for this series. We have to redefine Murph's gonna Murph. Yeah, he did finally <laughs> Murph a little bit, but it was in a very uh right, pop up. Yeah. And it That's was right. windy, so Yeah, he cut him some slack. He only hit, you know, four consecutive home runs. Yes. I feel good. Apparently, Terry Collins is currently in the stands at Wrigley Field soaking Mets fans in champagne. Oh, to be there, man. And, you know, let's... I didn't agree with every decision Terry made in this series. Especially every time he brought in Tyler Clippert, essentially. But, uh... You know, we talked about sort of Cologne getting to his first World Series. This is also uh, Collins, and he's been close before. He's had good teams as a manager that haven't worked out. Lifetime minor league guy, lifer in the the game. He seems just very loose now. Oh, I mean, it's for him. I mean, granted, the team's in the World Series, so it's hard not to be loose. Yeah, yeah. I I feel very happy for him. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, pieces written about him lately um just kind of detailing his history and you know his dad died earlier this year and all that kind of stuff and he's a baseball lifer and i'm just really i couldn't be more thrilled for the guy he's a good guy i mean he gets criticism whatever his management skills but again that's that's most managers and he seems to be a likable guy the team likes him no i'm happy for him All right, gentlemen, we've got uh, five days to kill before more Mets baseball. What are your plans? Sleep. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I still got a file, but after that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just relax. <laughs> Try to get on something resembling a normal sleep schedule, because the World Series games are going to be worse. <laughs> Oh god. They're going to be long and they're going to start at 8:45. And we're guaranteed four of them. Yes. So we will be back uh, early next week, maybe this weekend, depending on how I could sort everything out with them. New York Mets World Series preview. But until then I will leave you th- with this quote from Michael Conforto in the post game. I'm going to be able to tell my kids someday that I played with Daniel Murphy. and on that note we'll see you next week for another edition of Amazing Avenue Audio